CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad to be with you this afternoon, and we get together every weekday afternoon for about an hour live, where you can call in with your different questions concerning the Christian faith, reading your Bible, coming across something you don't understand, wanting to get a good worldview of what's really happening, or whether it's just someone's asked you a question, that number to call again, 88 88- 88 ask CSN and you can be part of the program today. Again, 8888 ask CSN. We got some lines open. You're sure to get on if you call right now. Joining me, special guest, featured CSN speaker comes on in the morning times here, a chosen generation, Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel in Pearl Harbor, Honolulu, Hawaii. Well, aloha and welcome. Aloha, Mike, and aloha to all the listeners out there. Great to be with you once again on this Thursday. Looking forward to the fantastic questions that always come in. Just love to hear people wanting to learn and grow in God's Word. And any skeptics out there, you've got a question about God, you know, give us a call. We're we're here to help you out and bless your name, bless 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 Jesus' name, I should say, and just get, be there to build you up in the faith and strengthen everyone. And if you don't know Christ, come to Him today. He loves you. He died for you. He wants to save you. He's got a great plan for you, and He'll take you to heaven. You won't have to go to hell. Mike, it's great to be with you. Looking forward to the program. Looking forward to being with you, and uh, by the way, looking forward to being with all of you in uh, Hawaii as we uh, start our Book of Revelation study tonight at Sure Foundation Fellowship, located on Highway 130, just south of Hilo, Hawaii, on your way to Pahoa on the right-hand side. And uh, again, we'd love to see you there. starts at 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. And we're going to be in God's Word for the next month or so, studying about end-time things. And so, come, bring your Bible, bring your questions. We're going to have a great time. That's tonight, Sure Foundation in Kiao, Hawaii, on Highway 130, going towards Pahoa, about, oh, I don't know, 10 miles south of Hilo. Look forward to being with you and and, um, getting together in God's Word. Such always a wonderful blessing. I might have to fly down, Mike, and see you. That would be great. (laughs) Let you teach a couple of this, the things. So, but anyway, no, uh, it's just going to be a really good time. Pastor Joe, everybody, yep. Pastor Lauren will be there. And so we look forward to being with everybody. It's going to be a good time tonight at six to seven o'clock there. So hope to see you there. Hey, again, Mike. 8888-ASK-CSN's the number to call. And Daryl, you were saying. Yeah, I, I just, I'm going to give, can I give a shameless plug for something? You can. <laughs> We're having a, a Hawaii Prophecy Conference at our church, Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, here on Oahu. It'll be this Saturday from 9.30 to 5 o'clock. We have uh, several guest speakers from the mainland coming out, uh, Billy Crone and uh, Ken Michael and some uh, two others, uh, three others, actually. And they'll be sharing on end times prophecy. they got some very interesting topics. They just were speaking in Australia, then New Zealand, and it's absolutely free, folks. Come on out. Bring in your unsaved friends. Let them hear Bible prophecy. Bring your saved friends so they can learn and grow in Bible prophecy. But it's going to be a full day of Bible prophecy this uh, this Saturday from 930 to 5 at Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor. More information, just go to our website, calvarychapelpearlharbor.com. That's my shameless plug. Amen. <laughs> you too, huh? I see. 
Yes. No, I think a lot of people are wanting to know what's going on because there is no answers uh, the way things currently are. They said okay. in just, uh, I think, 10 years, uh, 2040, uh, America at the current rate will be over 50, I think 50 some trillion dollars in debt, mm. which means every man, woman, and child in America will be a million dollars in debt. So unsustainable. And of course, we recognize with all the illegal immigration, all these people getting free money from the government on already a stressed economy that we have in the United States. This is why interest rates are not dropping. This is why houses are going to be continue to be very expensive. Um, you, you cannot do this. And then when you stop to think about this for a minute, and again, I shared this yesterday, but in 2022, more people entered the United States illegally than live in all the state of Idaho and Wyoming combined. Now, when you start, that, that's like 2.4 million people. These are staggering numbers. What are they all going to do for work? And because you realize that most of these people that are coming across the border are not uh, school taught. They're illiterate. What are they going to do in this country other than live off the government and financially collapse America? Is this what Joe Biden is wanting to do? It would certainly seem that way. It seemed there's no other explanation for it than to destroy America from within. In other words, you don't let any foreign power, whatever it is, invade your nation. We don't know what is coming across this southern border. We know terrorists are coming across. When you stop to think millions and millions of people, you don't have to fly planes over with parachutes as an enemy. They can just walk across the border and are rewarded for breaking the law. Thanks, Joe. You're destroying the United States. You know, Governor Abbott made a stand, and of course, it's got all the uh, all the uh, liberals' heads exploding. But um, it is the end of America, friends, because you cannot sustain this. Infrastructure within a nation is so important to be able to handle same growth. And when you have this much coming across the border, our infrastructure can't handle it. And so this is going to add to the collapse. And then out of the collapsed America will come the new beautiful communistic America. Oh, yeah, friends, they got out. This isn't this isn't mega talk. This is facts. And again, no country in the world has sustained their borders being overran even one of the biggest nations in the world, the Roman Empire, never was conquered. Its borders were overran. Sound familiar? I think they're following textbook destruction myself. 8888, ask CSN is the number to call. Again, I tell you these things. Look up, our redemption draws nigh. So important in the days that we live in to be about our father's business. Let's go to the phones. We have Shannon on the line in Cottonwood, Arizona. Hi, Shannon. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. How may we help? Yes. Um, since our universe is so big and scientists, you know how they are, say there's millions or there's lots of galaxies in the solar system. How are we, how do we know that there's not another galaxy with other people on it? I'm not talking aliens. I'm just saying, would God create more humans in a different galaxy? And also, it kind of ties in with the Earth being 6,000 
years old. I know it's about six, seven, eight thousand years old. And how do these scientists know how to test for billions of light, like billions of millions of years ago? And um, and then how far another planet is uh, light years away or something. Yeah, yeah, like Betelgeuse and some of these others that we we see in the in the heavens. Um, the Bible doesn't say one thing. The Bible does tell us, though, that Eve is the mother of all living. Now, whether he's speaking concerning this earth or including the total galaxies, um, the Bible doesn't say. And I think these kind of questions are always pretty interesting and they're very challenging, uh, intellectually, which makes us dig more into God's word. But I, I always want to point out to people a couple of things. Number one, the world that we know today is not the same world that he created back in the book of Genesis. Let me explain. We know that the world went through a tremendous change in the flood. The Bible says not only did it rain, but the wells of the deep broke open. In other words, the earth cracked, water keeps com- coming out, and standing above the highest mountain, you know, 12 to 25 feet above the highest mountain. You mean it stood 20 foot above Mount Everest? No, it probably these tectonic plate movements that caused these mountain ranges probably happened either during the flood and very possibly during that year that Noah was still on the ark. Uh, There's a lot of things that could have happened. Something else we want to remember as well The Bible tells us all things on this earth were made by Jesus, and without him, not anything that's made is made. I think that's interesting. Before humans were ever created, the Bible says he created all these things. Now, it's also noteworthy the very first miracle Jesus did here on this earth in the flesh was he turned water to wine. Now, why is that significant? I've heard great talks about, well, was the wine alcoholic or was it not? And I've heard all different stories. I don't think that's the point of the story. I think the point of the story is Jesus took something new, water, and made it to appear to be aged wine. And if the very first miracle he did on this earth was to make something new look old, I wonder how much of this world was fully mature when he created it. Things that make you go, hmm. But as far as other creations on other planets, in all of our investigation of the skies, the stars, the cosmos, the planets that we've been to, they haven't even found a microscopic bug. And when we stop to think about that for a minute, we don't hear any communications from other satellites. We don't hear, uh, maybe I should say, um, planets or or, um, other galaxies. That doesn't mean we're alone, but it does seem to mean that when we don't find life anywhere else, it does make us rather unique. And again, we don't find God speaking of any other creation anywhere else other than on this planet. And it would appear that when God created the heavens and the earth, that began the expanse of heaven. So your thoughts, Daryl? Yeah, you know, and you also asked the question, uh, you know, uh, about the the universe and the galaxies and the stars and the billions of light years and so forth that are they determine on how to measure things and so forth. 
what they always have this concept that it all started with the Big Bang. In other words, there was one centerpiece that just gases gathered together and then it exploded, and then you have the universe. However, the Bible declares that God created all things. And the problem is we tend to try to make God out like ourselves, and he's far from it. He's He's uh, ultra-magnificent, if you will. He's the Almighty. And so when he threw everything into ex- existence, he threw it all into his existence at once, which includes our current universe and the, all the other galaxies and all the other stars and the sun, the moon, everything we experience. He threw it all out there at one time when he created it. And that's how powerful our God is. Uh, and no, we've not come from a big bang, because when you have a big bang, you have nothing but chaos, uh, absolute chaos. Uh, and, and yet when you look at our solar system and everything, the re- way it revolves around the sun, everything's so perfect, the earth is just set apart from the earth, just so in the right position, not too close that we would burn up, not too far away that we'd freeze up, but it's in the right place as God had created it for humanity to live. And the other aspect, as Mike shared all, already, is that uh, when it comes to God's creation, he's given us the story. And he said it was very good by the time he finished the creation. And so he doesn't give us any inference that there might be life forms on other planets or anything like this. In fact, this universe that we are in, this this heavens, as it's referred to as the Bible, this particular heavenly realm, we have the our atmosphere, then the universe and the stars and all that. And then you have where God dwells in third heaven. But when this is done away with, at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ, he's going to just... Pull it all away. It's going to be done. It's no longer exist. It could be sucked into a black hole for all we know. And uh, and then we're going to head off to the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem where righteousness dwells forever and ever and ever. And the light of the Lamb will illuminate that new Jerusalem forever. So we have such exciting things ahead of us. God is a very exciting God. And uh, you're never going to get bored in the new heavens, the new earth, new Jerusalem, because uh, God is not boring. I mean, look at the creation he's given us. And this is a fallen creation. And we see so much beauty in this fallen creation and the animals, everything we have. Well, there's going to be a whole new creation that's going to come up uh, as we finish that thousand-year reign of Christ. We head off to the new heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem. Michael, I'll give it back to you. Yeah. And, and you know, when we see the heavenly scene, Revelation chapter 5, you find the song or the uh, song of the saints, and they were saying, "Who's redeemed us from every tribe, kindred, nation, and tongue?" No mention of any other alien beings being there from other planets or anything like that. I think if God that there was life on other planets, I think God would have somehow indicated that to us, and we don't find that anywhere in the scripture. So I would have to say based on Scripture, that we're all there is. Now, I know that might sound a little egocentric, but based upon Scripture, this is where we have to go. Now, to say absolutely there's positively not, I wouldn't go so far to say that. But God will hold us accountable for what His Word says, and His Word does not indicate uh, uh, other uh, creations out there uh, on other planets. So, Shannon, if we're going to follow the Bible, and you know, I know a lot of people make a lot of claims. You hear a lot of crazy stuff on the Internet. And all it takes is for somebody that's pretty sharp to say, prove it. And there's no verse, no chapter, um, no book that will substantiate it. Um, We can pretty much set it aside as some pretty fictional type of uh, uh, ideas. So hope that helps, dear. It does. And I just happened to read and i've been not reading and i just see the headlines but how they found a new super earth 
I think that's kind of crazy. Well, they're you know, I mean, I mean, no doubt they're looking for somewhere else. We sure have thrashed this one, uh, but I, I think that that uh, really uh, we don't find any indication in Scripture there are beings on other planets. Uh, now, there's people that come along and say, uh, you know, I think the Mormon Church and Joseph Smith said there are people that live to be nearly a thousand years old that live on the moon who live in drafts like Quakers. And of course, we know that's ridiculous. But you'll find these different groups will make some claims. But when we go to the authoritative Word of God, you will not find that found anywhere in the Scripture. So I believe because of that, we have to simply just uh, we have to just simply take God at His word. Shannon, I hope that helps, and I'll be glad to send you out "Atheist Delusion" by Ray Comfort, the movie Jesus, God of Wonders, as well as "Time to Grow." All for calling in, and uh, great to share with your friends. Okay. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. If you get any more questions, hey, call us. We're here for you. Let's go to Charles Dickinson, North Carolina, North Dakota. Hi, welcome. Hey, good afternoon. How are you guys doing today? Good. How may we help? Good. Hey, I go to a church that really emphasizes tongues. Mm-hmm. And I guess as a younger ch- younger man, how I always like, so in the day of Pentecost, after this Holy Spirit came in and settled on all the apostles or disciples, and they spoke in tongues to all the the foreigners that were in Jerusalem, and they were accused of being drunk, and they weren't. Were they speaking in the language that they spoke, or did they speak in like a like a gibberish almost? No, it says that they said, "How is it that we hear everybody speaking in our own language?" Now, the word language there in the Greek is literally our hometown dialect. So in other words, it wasn't just they were speaking some other language, but they were speaking with actually the accent that that person would understand. Uh, Just like many times in the United States, you can tell where somebody's from by the different accent that they have on certain words. And they said, how is it that we hear people speaking in our hometown accents, is what they were saying. And what were they doing? They were worshiping and glorifying God. They were not preaching sermons. I've heard people say, well, the gift of tongues was given so they could go out and preach sermons in other countries. You'll never find that in Scripture. That is made up. The Bible says those that pray in an unknown tongue pray to God and not to man. And so we have to understand that. Now, when someone else hears that, you glorify God saying, wow, I know that person doesn't know that particular language, and yet I hear them worshiping God in the language where I'm from. And I think that is really amazing what we find there. Now, does everybody pray in tongues? No. And we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Do all pray with tongues? Do all have the gift of healings? Whenever there's a question in the Greek written in the negative, the answer is always negative. Now you say, well, what does that mean? Well, it's like looking at your kids and saying, do you want me to spank you? Well, of course not. Oh, yes, very much so. That'll feel good. No, the answer is always no. They don't want you to spank them. Do all pray in tongues? Do all have the gift of healing? No. In fact, in chapter 14, Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. By the very statement, it indicates they didn't. Now, if you don't speak with tongues, 
you'll have one of the other gifts. And the other gifts are just important in the body of Christ as tongues are. Unfortunately, today, many Pentecostal, might say hyper-Pentecostal churches, focus only on the gift of tongues and leave other gifts out. And this is not right, of course. Your thoughts, Daryl? Yeah, you know, as as Mike uh, so aptly shared with us uh, about the gift of tongues, uh, your reference point, of course, is Acts chapter 2. It says, And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, our own dialectus is probably a better translation. And what are they speaking? It says they're speaking the wonderful works of God. That's what they were speaking to them. Now, what you have to be careful of, because I heard a doctrine come out years ago, it was a false doctrine, that uh, we need to act like drunks, because that's how you acted like in the book of Acts. But let's let's continue. Huh. One more verse uh-huh. here. It says in verse 13, it says, uh, so uh, verse 12 and 13, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? And then it says, others mocking, they're mocking. These are non-believers that are mocking, said they're full of new wine. In other words, and then Peter says, no, they're not drunk. It's, it's in the morning and so forth. And so we must be careful. We don't pick up a, a an action or a doctrine and think uh, that it's uh, the, the way they were acting was they were acting like drunks. No, these people are mocking them. They're coming against God and God's work in the Holy Spirit. So the question is, when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, what is it going to be like? What are we going to do? Jesus told us this in the book of Acts 1.8. He tells us the following. He says, but you should receive power. That's a, the Greek word is dunamis. That's speaking of the ability to do whatever God wants you to do. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. So the folks there in Acts 2, as they were speaking the wonderful works of God, they're witnessing Jesus Christ. They're witnessing the gospel. They're witnessing the wonderful works of God about the cross, the resurrection. They're speaking in these dialectus by the power of the Holy Spirit, and their witnesses there in Judea. Then it's going to go to Samaria. Then it's going to Jerusalem, Judea, and then Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. And today, you know, Paul says, I'd rather speak, you know, five words in a known tongue, 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. So uh, the emphasis isn't on on the on the, your prayer language or your personal tongue that you might be given to use for the Lord's glory, but rather for for speaking in English uh, to witness Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing that we always do. And when we gather as a church, uh, we want to make sure we all understand what each other's saying, so we can just say praise the Lord, Amen. I understand what you just said and did. So that's how we we look at the scriptures, how they come together in balance and understanding, Mike. Yes, and the Bible says in a service, chapter 14, 1 Corinthians, if you're going to have a church service, two or at the most three speak in an unknown tongue and let one explain fully what he's doing. The word interpret there is not to translate to another language. It means to explain what they're doing, just as Peter did in Acts chapter 2, where he said, these men are not drunk with wine wherein you think, but they're filled with the Holy Spirit. That was the explanation, or if you want to use the word interpretation, of what they were witnessing when the Holy Spirit came upon people. Now, I've been to services where the entire congregation is singing and speaking in tongues. 
This is not prescribed in the Bible. They're doing something outside of the guidelines of God's Word. Now, they may be very sincere people, they may love Jesus, but they're not following what God's Word says to do. Because when people unlearned or not Christians come into your congregation and everybody's praying in tongues, won't they walk out the door or run out the door saying, you're all mad? This is exactly what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. And yet, oftentimes, these churches wonder why their fellowship is not growing. Well, you know, we want the Holy Spirit to move in our church. We want the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us and to have the the outpouring and the gifts of the Spirit, but not where it becomes random panamonia. Paul goes on to say, let everything be done decently and in, in order in the church. And when you have Johnny jump up, running around, swinging on chandeliers, screaming in tongues, running down the aisle, and it's just really a carnival, very clearly, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you'll see those things are out of line. Charles, I hope that helps. It does. Thank you so much, and God bless you guys. Yeah, Thank spend you. some time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. And when you see the word interpret or interpretation, you want to look that word up in a Strong's Concordance. Now, you can get to a Strong's Concordance uh, free by going to blueletterbible.org. And that is where you'll see there is a difference. It says, if an individual prays in an unknown tongue, let him pray that he may interpret. Now, that word means to change to a language people understand. But generally speaking, when we read that, two or at the most three, let one interpret. That word means to explain fully. And I hope that answers it for you. It does. Thank you so much. God bless you, and um, stay in line, send you out some books, some DVDs, and again, the power of the Holy Spirit is much needed today. And again, chapter 13 deals with love. What is the real evidence of somebody being filled with the Spirit? Well, it's praying in tongues. No, it's not. Read the Bible. Not everybody prays in tongues. As a matter of fact, when Paul was filled with the Spirit, he did not pray in tongues. Something like scales fell off his eyes. Evidently, down the road a little farther on, he got the gift of tongues. So we have to understand that. But we have to, again, realize that the gifts of the Spirit are for day. And what do we look for in chapter 13? Love and power in a person's life for the lost and for God. We're coming up on a break, everyone. Don't go away. We'll have more coming up right after this. And we'll send those out to you, the books and DVDs, Charles, right after this. If you're 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you were just notified that your Medicare costs are increasing, a program out there can really help you with your medical bills. And it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+, plus. it's not insurance. Members actually say it's better. It's a Christian health care community that aligns with your faith and where people encourage and pray for you. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You choose any Medicare provider, and you get telehealth access anytime you need it. And this is great, too. Unlike health insurance, you can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 
years. So don't get stuck with increasing costs. Call MediShare 65 Plus and find out how much you can save. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. After taking the morning after pill, this mom immediately felt sick and nauseous as she tried to end her pregnancy. While searching for medical care, she found a pre-born network clinic where she hoped to rule out that she was pregnant. I had an ultrasound done right then and there. After hearing the baby's heartbeat, I instantly thanked God and said, may your will be done, Lord. I'm seven months pregnant now. I thank God every day for my little miracle. Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country, introducing moms to the life growing inside of them and sharing the gospel in action. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she will choose life 80% of the time. And Preborn doesn't stop there. They offer mothers maternity clothes, doctor visits, and the help they need to choose life. To learn how you can help rescue a baby's life, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax deductible. Once again, we want to welcome you back to To Every Man and Answer on Thursday's edition with Daryl Skinner. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And Daryl, I want to do a shameless plug for you for your uh, Prophecy Conference this Saturday. Tell us again about it. Yes, uh, we'll have a prophecy called Hawaii Prophecy Conference at Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor. And just go to our website. It has all the information. It'll be from 930 to 5 o'clock. We have five guest speakers. uh, uh, and it's going to be a great time just growing in Bible prophecy and learning and being blessed. Uh, they have some very interesting topics that they'll be sharing with us. And uh, uh, Pastor Billy Crone and uh, Mike, uh, uh, excuse me, Ken Michael, he'll be with us. And uh, uh, Pastor Stout, uh, Stouthouse is also going to be with us. And they're going to be sharing about the rapture. They're going to be sharing about what's going on in AI, artificial intelligence throughout our world and a variety of other topics. So it's absolutely free. Come on out and join us from 9.30 to 5 o'clock at Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor. And uh, bring an unsaved friend, family member. Bring a saved people, too, because <laughs> they need to grow in Bible prophecy. And you're going to be super blessed all day long. Mike, Amen. thank you. Amen. You will be. And again, tonight, Kiao Hawaii at uh, Sure Foundation Church, 6 to 7 o'clock. Look forward to seeing you there as we crack into the book of Revelation. We're going to look at what this book has to say about us, the rapture of the church, how we know that this generation that we are in right now is the generation the Bible says is the last generation before the millennial reign of Christ. We're going to be talking about that tonight. You need to know. Hope you can make it again, 6.30 to 7 o'clock, Sure Foundation Church tonight and subsequently the next uh, few or four or whatever uh, Thursday nights. We're just going to continue studying God's Word. Look forward to seeing you. I know Pastor Joe, Pastor Lauren, love to see you there as well. And so we look forward to being with you. Let's go back to the phones. We have Pamela on the line, Longview, Washington. Hi, and welcome. Hi, how are you? Good. How may we help? Uh, I have a question. I read the Bible. I really got into with God and reading the Bible after I went to Jerusalem. Okay, I read the Bible, but I still cannot remember what I read. So does that mean I'm still with God? 
Well, the Bible says, Thy word I have hidden my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And you know, I, I do know this. Our subconscious is very, very powerful. And just case in point, when you lay your head down on your pillow at night, the things that go through your mind, the things that go through your heart, things that are brought to your memory that that are 25, 30 years ago, and you'll think about those almost as if they happened yesterday. And I believe that when we put the Word of God in our heart, though maybe immediately I can't remember what I read, I know it's hidden away in my heart, and I know that helps form the way I view life. It forms the way I view my fellow man. It forms the way I view my Christianity. It forms the way I view eternity. It forms my politics. It forms my friends. It forms all these different things. And so the Bible says that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so I believe that oftentimes we won't remember every single thing we read, but I do believe that has gone into our heart, and it will come to light and make manifest as God and the Holy Spirit so chooses to bring it out into our daily life. And I've I've had this happen. I'm sure all of you that are Christians have had this happen too. You'll be witnessing to somebody or to somebody in a cult, and all of a sudden you start quoting Scripture like you're a Bible theologian, and you go, I didn't even know I knew that. Well, you read it, it went into your heart, and that wonderful Holy Spirit pulls it back up so that we're able to minister at the time at hand. That's why I believe the Bible says to be instant in season in out of season. We don't know when God's going to call on us to do something for his kingdom, but I know this, if we've hid away his word in our heart, we're going to be able to re- repeat. But if we don't put God's word in our heart, then we're going to be drawing on empty. It's like like a bank account, if you will. You can't draw money out of the bank if you don't put any money in the bank. If you put God's word in, even though we might not understand every word, even though we might not remember every word, I believe that God puts that into our heart. Daryl, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, I love what it says in Psalm 1. It says, Blessed or happy is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his or her delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates or she meditates day and night. You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he or she does shall prosper. And so it's important to realize that, you know, in the text of meditating God's Word, it means thinking it over, thinking it over. And so many times uh, you sit down with your Bible and you want to read, let's say you want to start reading through the Gospel of John, and you read the first chapter, and also you go, what did I just read? Because your mind is so dealing with so many topics in your head, of what I need to get done later today and what I didn't do this morning and this conversation I have with somebody else. And you got to just settle yourself down. And that takes a little bit of prayer, right? You just pray to the Lord, Lord, just help me out right now. I'm going to read your word. I want you to speak to me. And then you're settling yourself down. And then you grab that John chapter one. And I like to have a highlighter myself. Now, a lot of people are using iPads and phones and everything else, but the, the the trusted word of God on on printed paper. Uh, I like to have a highlighter and a pen, and I'll I'll highlight what's how the Lord is speaking to me as I'm reading slowly, thinking about what He's saying, how it's touching my heart, and I might highlight it for study, or I might highlight it for my own heart, or I might highlight it for sharing with somebody else. Uh, and I have a, a pen where I might underline a word or 
I'll write a notation in the, in the margin of the Bible that I this is important stuff for me. And the Bible says that we're to study the Word of God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. But so many times I'm I'm kind of all over the map, and I got to settle myself down. And finally, it takes a little bit of time, ten minutes or so, and you settle down. Okay, now breathe. Okay, here we go. Here, let's get into God's word. God speak to me, and I guarantee you, it's, it'll help. And what He wants you to remember, you will remember. What you don't need to remember for whatever you're going through, you, you know, it's not going to be that important. And He'll show it to you later if you need it. But uh, that's the way I trust the Lord and uh, let Him speak to your heart. So don't 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 uh, feel bad about it. You know, we have a lot of things going on in life. And just take your time, though, when you read the Word of God. Meditate in it. Think about it. Think it over. Digest it. And then share it. Mike? Amen. I hope that helps, Pamela. Yes, it does. Thank you guys very much. And God bless. God Blessings bless you. to you, dear. Keep reading. And again, and I have found oftentimes it's very helpful to say, Lord, help me remember what I'm reading. Uh, that gives, again, your subconscious a lot to to think about, to grind on, to to contemplate, and all those things, rather than oftentimes the things that are in our past that we can do nothing about and uh, that only bring us down. Uh, that's why the Bible says, whatsoever pure, whatsoever things are good, holy, these things, meditate on these things, because it's very easy to let our minds wander to things that aren't. Stay light here. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy it. With that, we'll go to Daryl, Carson City, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hi, there. Hi, how may we help? Well, I was at my Bible study yesterday. By the way, I'm in Reno, Nevada. So, But um, anyway, I was at Bible study yesterday, and one of the fellows brought up a point that we should never play, pray to Jesus, but we should go directly to God. And my feeling was that Jesus is our intercessor, and why wouldn't we go to Jesus in prayer? And kind of made me think that, gosh, all this praying I'm doing, maybe I'm not doing it right. I'm, I'm 88 well, years I, old, and I've been praying for a long time. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, John did in Revelation chapter 22. He said, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. If that isn't a prayer, I don't know what is. And he prayed directly to Jesus. But Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father which art in heaven. And I, I believe this is so important because the idea that God wants to relate to us as a father-child relationship. You see, in in um, religions of the world, you have to appease God. You got to sell flowers in airports. You got to wear orange. You got to wear your undergarments. You got to glue plastic statue, statues to the dashboard of your car. All these things that down through the years somehow made you acceptable to God. Well, the fact of the matter is nothing we do makes us acceptable to God. All the all the organically grown food, all the helping blind dogs across the street will never get us into heaven. We being a great servant and being a great a great uh, uh humanitarian won't do anything. We are clothed in his righteousness. Why? Because we have no righteousness in ourselves. Why is that important? Because when we realize God wants to relate to us as our Father, not an unknowable God that lives beyond the stars out there somewhere. And by the way, God, you know, and oftentimes people pray almost as if they're a deist. Yeah, there is a God, but he he doesn't involve himself in the matters of common man. No, God does. And I believe this is why when Jesus taught us to pray, he was showing us 
the relationship our God wants to have with us. Not a distant relationship, but very personal, and to relate to us as our Father. I think it's always interesting, Daryl, that people will say, well, you must use the name Yahweh if you're going to pray to God, because that's the only name. (laughs) And I go, you know, you don't even know who God is, do you? Because I know him as Daddy. That's what Paul says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We cry, Daddy. And if I've got to come to—my children can come to me anytime. They don't say, well, Mr. Dad, or Mr. K, or or my big buddy upstairs. They just come and just say, Daddy. And you know, I am just very pleased about that. And I think that's the way our Father in Heaven is. That's the relationship God wants to have. And I hear these people get all tweaked out about, well, you know, you've got to use the right name, because if you don't use the right name, you know, God on that cell phone is just going to put you on hold. (laughs) Hope you enjoy the background music. No, that isn't what God does. The The Bible says that God knows our needs before we ask. What's nice about telling God about it is we then recognize when that prayer is answered, we know who did, who did it. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, a good read would be John fourteen fifteen and 16. And Jesus teaches a lot about the Holy Spirit and his work in our hearts and as well as prayer and so forth. Uh, we do pray to the Father, you know, and we also pray to Jesus. It's okay. Uh, they're both God, the Trinity, you know, the God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, right? And so Jesus is God. It says his name is Emmanuel, translated God with us. And Jesus says this in John 14, 13. He says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, 7 says, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Uh, Also, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So, you know, we pray in Jesus' name. We know that we don't pray in Mary's name. We don't pray in one of the saints' name. That would be totally wrong because they're not the one who makes who died for us and makes intercession for us. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, that is the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for many. So this is what we find. Jesus is our mediator. He's also our intercessor. We pray to the Father. We can pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit will direct us as we pray. So it's it's nothing to get hung up on. Uh, and it's not, God's not going to say, I'm not going to answer your prayer because you didn't address me properly. But he's there for us. He loves us. I like what Mike said, Daddy, Daddy. He is our dad. He loves us. And now we have a Lord and Savior who's our bridegroom, by the way, who, uh, you know, cherishes us so much. He died for us. And so this is where we, we pray. So I'd give a good read there in John uh, uh, 14, 15, and 16. And I think you'll be super blessed as you learn about prayers, you learn about abiding in Christ, as you learn about the work of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives as believers. Mike? Amen. I hope that answers it for you. Well, that was wonderful, and it did confirm what I thought. I told them, I said, you know, I believe in the Trinity, and it seemed like they were putting them in a a hierarchy, that uh, God at the top, you know, down the line to the Spirit. And I said, well, no, I said, God knows when I speak to him through Jesus Christ that that I'm talking to him. I think they're one. So that was my mm-hmm. answer to that. But I appreciate what you said, and it, thank you so much. And I do appreciate you guys have a wonderful program and listening for years. So God bless you. Thank you. 
Well, God bless, God bless you. you. And, and Daryl, stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs that may be very helpful. A little book called uh, Time to Grow, Mitch, may shine a little bit more light on this topic. Get those out to you. And uh, God bless you. If you need us, we're here for you. Let's go to Gilbert, Las Vegas. Hi and welcome. Hello? Yes. Hi. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, uh, Mike? Yes. Yeah, Mike, yeah. Hey, thank you for taking the call. And Ryan was so, so good. Ryan, he, you're a, you're a host, host there that uh, I wanted to let you know that I've been listening to you for a long while. I've been, uh, and also Scott and all the rest of them. And John, the one you got on there a lot, uh, Wick Wacker was from Houston, the, the, the man that comes on with you a lot. Yes. I listen to you a lot. I've, I've been in Vegas 40 years. Anyhow, I've been saved. I was 19, got saved in East St. Louis, Missouri, East St. Louis, Illinois, actually. And I'm on the phone. I'm on the car. I'm in the car driving. So I'm not. I'm gonna make this short and sweet, okay? Because uh, right. I don't want the cops to see me. I'm gonna get a ticket. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, thank you for taking the call. I just wanted to make a mention. Yeah, he's been my daddy for 66 years, and uh, he's good. It gets better all the time as time goes on. It's like a marriage supposed to get better too as the time goes on. Anyhow, I wanted to let you know. I uh, make a comment. I'm not. I don't. I'm not gonna ask him questions. Uh, I'm not, I don't know the Bible completely like you do, but I've been saved for a long time and I've been studying, reading, praying every day. But the thing is, uh, on the, uh, woman that talked about three or four times a little, about three times, three, about three or four persons ago, she said something about millions of years and you didn't make mention or Scott, but actually it's only 6,000. You know, you probably didn't make mention of it when she was talking, but, uh, you know, we only uh, 6,000. That's when God created the heavens and earth. And yes, I think Genesis 1-2 was definitely a void because I think Satan was loose. I think that's why the next verse says it was null and void, and then, then it was started and then it went over because Satan was let loose there. And I believe that's when the demons and Satan was let loose. So anyhow, I just wanted to make that comment and uh, about that because then also I want to make another comment, and I'll let you go then because, um, like I said, make this short. Uh Demons, uh, demons. I believe with all my heart, and I believe you do too. Maybe Scott does. I don't know, but I believe there's uh, life on other planets, ETs, and all this, and UFOs. But they're all demonistic, and they're soulish. They don't have a soul. A cop just passed me. Oh, thank God he didn't see me. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, the souls, the souls. I believe with all my heart that there, there, there's, there's life on other planets. I, I do believe that. I believe when the Lord chose to come back, they're going to have. I understand the newspapers already got. <laughs> they already got that down where they're going to have, uh, oh, there are other planets. Oh, my golly, all these millions of people left must have been uh, outer space and UFOs. But uh, I do believe that they are, but they're so they're not they're not soulish like we are only in the only in the only in the only in the world. OK, well, your thoughts. Well, a couple of things uh, in our conversation with the I think her name was might have been Shannon. Uh, uh, she did, she mentioned that the earth, she believed in the 6,000 years young earth, uh, creation of, of, uh, that God has revealed to us in the scripture. So she did mention that. That's why we didn't mention it back to her. The other thing is without form and void, let me give you the Hebrew on this. The Hebrew for without form is tohuv, T-O-H-U-W, simply meaning is nothing Nothing is on the earth as of yet. So uh, it's not speaking of Satan, just that nothing is on the earth as of yet. That's what, uh, without form. And then void in Hebrew is bohuv, B-O-H-U-W, which speaks of emptiness, whereas to say the earth lacked inhabitants at this time. So it's not a reference to Satan. And I just want to give clarity to that in the Hebrew. 
Uh, it's also important to realize where the Bible's silent, we must be silent. God doesn't speak about other people or soulless aliens or anything else throughout the universe. He doesn't infer that. We do know that there's fallen angels. We know there's Satan and uh, and so forth, but he doesn't infer anything about another creative work that he has done in some other far universe or galaxy, whatever you want to call it. So I always recommend that it's best for us to be silent because it can lead us into some very uh, wild rabbit trails, if you will, and and uh, we're not speaking Bible. We always want to be speaking Bible. The Word of God uh, is eternal. It lasts forever. It's 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 the truth. Jesus said in John seventeen seventeen, Father, sanctify them with your with your truth. Your word is truth. So we stay in Genesis to Revelation. That's the best place to keep yourself. It's safe and secure. And we don't want want to misrepresent God at any moment or time. Mike, yeah, and and I think we need to be careful because if if this is how we begin to establish biblical truth without any facts for it, then all of a sudden the sky's the limit. And this is how the cults are started. The other thing that concerns me greatly is when the Bible says God is creating the, the, all the things about this earth, he saw it was good. He saw it was very good. We find no record of, of, of an evil devil being in this good world. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been good. It would have already been corrupted. I believe the fall of Satan was after Adam and Eve were made. When the plan was revealed that there was going to be another creation, um, the Bible says initially a little lower than the angels. I don't think that bothered Lucifer and the other angels whatsoever. But then he revealed that those that choose to love him who have never seen his greatness, never seen his glory, as the angels always had, but yet in faith choose to love him without ever seeing him. And you can enter the case here concerning Abraham and looking for a bride for his son Isaac, the unnamed servant goes back to the land, and she agrees to go with the unnamed servant to marry a man she had never seen, never been to his household, never saw a picture of him, and yet in faith she chose to go with the unnamed servant back to be a bride for Abraham's uh, son. I believe it's the same way. And I believe that when God revealed that he was going to make men, after they believe in him, above the angels, and that we will judge angels, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I believe that is when Satan and whatever it was affected so many of the angels, the stars of heaven. A third of them went with Lucifer. And it would only make sense to me based upon Isaiah 14, the pride entered his heart and said, well, I'll be his God. And again, a creation lower than the angels, I don't think it bothered him. A creation that started lower than the angels, but then elevated above the angels, I believe this is where Satan, as Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning. That's a weird statement. Fall like lightning. Okay, here's the question. He fell, Satan fell from where to where. I saw him fall. You have to conclude it had to be to this earth. And I believe Satan has been wreaking havoc in his demons on humans ever since. And again, when a person becomes demon-possessed, people don't go, oh, you know, ever since he got demon-possessed, he's doing so good. He's got his life together. His marriage is great. You know, he's doing great in his company. And oh, everything, his children, all my... No, they're a wreck. 
I believe every time the devil and demons look at the human race, their only thing is destroy them, because it's what removed them from heaven. Now, is that scriptural? Pretty much, because God said he made this world, it was good, it was very good. I think for the exception of the very first, I think the light, other than that, all these things God says was good, was very good. Well, you wouldn't have a good creation with a devil in it. So the devil had to come afterwards. And so you will never be able to use the Bible to prove the gap theory. That is, uh, that's, there was a whole creation here between Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-2. It never indicates that in the Scripture. And when we go to Exodus chapter 20, where the most holy of all the Torah, the Ten Commandments. The Bible says God created this earth in six days, and on the seventh, he rested. And the Bible also says um, sin entered this world through Satan's rebellion. No, it doesn't say that. Sin entered this world through Adam. If there was a whole creation here before, that statement would not be true. So I believe this is why I just want to leave it the way it is. I oh, I always love people that like to go digging and 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 try to find things. But uh, again, um, what God's going to hold us all accountable for is what we know of His Word clearly, and I think that's so important. Gilbert, hope that helps. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. We're going to try to get to one more call here. Let's go to Frank in Santa Maria, California. Hello. Yes, hi. How are you doing today? Good. How may we help? Great. We've only got about a minute. Yeah, I have a question about apostles. And I've been talking about, you know, certain things about apostles. Because I was reading uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, I believe it's 21. It talks about Paul said that we can start having apostles and stuff like that. I guess he gave us gift of tongues, of uh, miracles, and all that stuff. Yeah, the apostles, I believe, that are mentioned there are the uh, founding fathers, the 12 apostles. Uh, everybody else that comes after that, uh, they sometimes in the church will find them. Your thoughts? I agree 100%. Uh, when we talk about the apostles, they witness Christ's death, resurrection, and they're personally called by Christ uh, to be that, take that great commission to the whole world. So that's what we find. Some people try to give themselves this title, but it would be wrong to do that. Mike? Yeah, I think there's the little a apostles, which simply means the sent ones. We're all sent. Yeah. Uh, but when you have somebody in the church saying, well, I'm an apostle, trying to put themselves at the same level as the 12, you know yeah. that person is not reading the Bible completely. So, Frank, I hope that answers it for you. And uh, stay alive. We'll send you up the books, DVDs. And Frank from Washington, please call us back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. Daryl, thanks so much for being on. Thank you. God bless. Look forward to your uh, conference on Saturday. Don't miss that out, and I think you'll really enjoy it. God bless y'all. Have a good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A.
To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 